Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. In today's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast, we are going to talk about a hot topic, LinkedIn automation. And we will chat about the pros and cons of using one of these tools. Guest speaker today is Martin Martinez, founder of meetalfred.com. So Martin, thank you very much for taking your time and being on the show. No problems. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Martin, at the beginning of each show, I ask our guests to just give me an overview, you know, what and how they start on LinkedIn. And I know that your path is a little bit thorny. Uh, let's, uh, let's put it that way. So what is, what is your relationship with LinkedIn? Sure. So, you know, originally, like everybody else, I had a, a LinkedIn profile. I'm a serial entrepreneur from Australia. And you use it for connecting with people, like-minded people, and so on. Uh, in 2015, uh, I launched a consulting business, and I used LinkedIn heavily to promote uh, that consulting business and, and to win customers. It's a great tool. Um, it's obviously the leader in, in, in the B2B kind of social network space for a reason. And like anybody else, I, I just use it for business. Um, I don't use it for sharing personal stuff. It was all to do with business stuff. And, um, and, and it's been, you know, my relationship is, is thorny, as you say, because obviously I run a, a LinkedIn automation product, which they, they, they frown upon a little bit. So, uh, you know, I have been banned from LinkedIn. My account is no longer <laughs> visible. Uh, but, you know, speaking as a customer, it's, it's a fantastic network. Uh, it's really valuable. And if you use it right, it could be very profitable for your business as a source of business and so on. So, yeah, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with them and uh, they have one with me too. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to your product a little bit later. But can you tell me just um, when you were using LinkedIn and when you were still on the platform, what was for you the most important part of LinkedIn? For me, uh, to be honest, um, I treated LinkedIn as a marketing channel, but the way I personally used it was really as a voice. It was a means for me to be able to connect with like-minded people and potential customers and share knowledge on a regular basis, share opinions, uh, share feedback and thoughts, and engage in conversation. So for me, yes, you can connect with lots of people, you can message them, you can do all sorts of things. But me personally, I ended up having somewhere around the 20,000 connections mark. Uh, and I used it to kind of share my opinion on different subject matters that, you know, I'm an expert in entrepreneurship and so on. So I did this as a channel for me to speak and to engage with, with my audience. And when you do it right, it's, it's very powerful. You can get a lot of engagement and a lot of opinion. Uh, everybody has, has opinions and thoughts about things. And if you put it out there, you normally get a lot of opinions back. And it's, it's great to banter with different people from different walks of life. Obviously, we will dive into the automation on LinkedIn because you created a product around that. Can you just explain a little bit, a little bit more about what you do and uh, what's the product about? Sure. So as I said, in 2015, I launched a, a consulting business. It was a, a website called theboardroom.com. And basically, just to cut, you know, keep it simple, it was a, an online mastermind uh, program. The way I created it was, you know, because of my entrepreneurial background, I was able to have some really meaningful relationships with prominent Australian entrepreneurs. 
And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the former CEO of uh, BMI Music, uh, the founder of Quicksilver Surfwear, you know, like really prominent people. And a lot of people would love to pick their brains, you know, but they're, you know, they're not easily available. It's hard to connect with them and they're expensive. So with the idea of a mastermind program, we wanted to kind of connect, you know, small to medium sized businesses that are in their, in their sector to be able to speak to them once a month. It was a virtual mastermind and, and so on. Uh, I tried when, you know, like every new business, you try all sorts of different things to market your business. I did paid advertising on magazines and, you know, you name it, I did it all. And to be honest, nothing really worked in that space. So consulting is, is a relationship business. So it was very hard to market from, you know, any other channel. So a friend of mine who runs a LinkedIn agency introduced me to the idea. I said, look, you know, you've got 15 consultants who are running masterminds. You know, I said, how do I get people to join these masterminds? So he said, have you considered LinkedIn? It's a good channel. And I said, well, let's give it a try. So essentially, uh, this agency took over my personal profile, uh, as often they do. They connected me with the right prospects. Uh, they engage in conversation. And obviously, those conversations turned into appointments. And from there, you go through your sales cycle. It was so successful. It was the only real thing that actually drove business to us. And he did it in such a way that it was just wonderful. So we run that for about six months and it worked amazingly well. So then what I said is, okay, so how do I scale from me, my one profile to 15? Because that's the team that we had in the consulting team. And it was costing me somewhere around $3,000 a month to have this campaign run. I said, well, $3,000 times 15 people, uh, you know, it didn't quite work the mathematics. Uh, but I had learned enough through those six months of someone else taking over my account and, you know, writing content and publishing content and connecting me with the right people and so on that I thought, you know, this is very systematic. You know, there should be a way for me to kind of, uh, you know, scale it with my team. So the first thing that I did was to hire a team of virtual uh, assistants out of the Philippines. So we had a, an administration office there. Uh, I hired some staff and they effectively, we created different campaigns for different members of the team, targeting different people. And it worked really well. And we actually did only five profiles for five different people just to test the, the scalability. And then I said, wow, this is really, really good. We're getting lots of business. Why don't we, you know, how do we scale it? So then I looked at, well, this is so repetitive in many instances to start a conversation that can all be pretty much automated. And it comes to a point where you can have to engage, but it's almost at the tail end of the conversation. So I started to look at different automation products. And to be honest, I wasn't happy with, with what was in the market. And the things that we were doing were so simple. I thought, well, maybe I can hire someone to develop a tool. Cut a long story short we built our own product. It was internally used and we used it for the best part of three years. But everybody was saying, how are you getting so many customers? How are you doing this? And, I, and people started, you know, our clients started thinking, okay, well, can I use it myself? And I said, all right, you know, here's, here's the tool, go and go and use it. But again, it was never commercialized. So in, you know, it was just something that people just took off by itself, but it was really small numbers, right? I wasn't thinking of it as a business. And we kept on improving things and adding things over time and so on. Cut a long story short, the consulting business, although it was successful, the business model wasn't right. So I decided towards the end of 2017, early 2018, that I was going to shut um, And I decided to actually put Leonard, which is what it was called at the time. It was meetleonard.com, put it out in the Chrome store. And I just left it there, you know, just to say, okay, let's see what happens. By February, when we decided to commercialize it, by that time, we, were, we, we had 6,000 users 
already that we're ready to, you know, we're using it every day. Now, mind you, it was a free tool, so who wouldn't? <laughs> but it, the, the good thing was that the product really spoke to them, really did the job. It was, they were very happy with it. So when we turned on payments, we just had a successful business overnight, which was completely unexpected. So that's kind of the, the roots of the story. So I basically scratched my own itch. I had a problem. I wanted to scale. I wanted to use something. I used, started with staff and then I automated it, but it was all for personal or well, internal commercial use. And then all of a sudden it just became a business. And I kind of fell into this because I wasn't a LinkedIn expert in 2014 and 15. <laughs> now I can consider myself one, but not then. But yeah, that's kind of the, the roots of the story. Awesome. Where did the name came from? I know that it was first Leonard, right? Now is Meet Alfred. What's the story behind that? Right. You know, I'm a very commercially minded person. So what I saw in the market, I saw a lot of different tools. And I'm happy to speak of them, you know, DocSoup, uh, Linked Helper, that were prominent tools at the time. And what I felt, and I've never run a software company before, but I felt that oh, software is a commodity. So how do I stand, you know, aside from them? How do I stand above them? And my logic was make, which is essentially a bot, a personality. This person, this bot called Leonard is working for you. He's an employee of yours. So we wanted to differentiate with a little bit of humor, with a personality to give the product life of its own. And something that, you know, it was funny because in the early stages, people said, hi, Leonard, I love working with you. And they were literally talking to our support team like that. So I thought, okay, I definitely struck a chord. But also, you know, the product had to deliver. So, you know, it wasn't just the name, but we, we built a really strong reputation. We built it from being a free product first and then commercializing it. And we ran as, as the Leonard brand for the best part of two years before we switched to Alfred, which we've done since about June last year. Okay. You mentioned it already that LinkedIn is frowning upon all these automation tools. Do you think is it justified? The way I see LinkedIn is that you're playing in their playground with their balls and their rule. So <laughs> they can do whatever the hell they want. You know what I mean? So they can take the ball away. They can change the rules. Uh, they can move the playground. You know, I can see it from their end as to why they're frowning upon automation. But to be honest, they're, um, you know, I don't want to speak negatively about them because they're a wonderful company, but they like to have the cake and eat it too. So I'll give you some background information that most people don't know. Obviously, you're probably familiar with Sales Navigator. Well, Sales Navigator actually began by a different company. It was called Nimble, Nimble CRM, which I believe even Mark Cuban was an investor of. Now, what Nimble was, it was basically a LinkedIn CRM. That's what it basically began as. Cut a long story short, they became so successful, they were such a good product that LinkedIn decided to, they actually got Nimble to help them create what Sales Navigator is today. And then they cut off access to their API. So they were ruthless with that company. They basically almost put them out of business because they were not only very successful at, you know, doing what they were doing as a CRM, but they helped LinkedIn build Sales Navigator as you see it today. And then they just cut them off. So they're very much like that. So, you know, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar business, you know, whether it's justifiable or not, it's not for me to say. But the funny thing is, is that their terms of service say you can't use automation or scraping. It started as scraping only, but then it's evolved into automation and whatnot. But to me, it's a little bit ridiculous because if you actually look into it a little bit more, LinkedIn have recently launched what's called the Sales Navigator Partnership Program. 
And as a partner, you can actually run automation with those tools. But it, they give you very, very, or they give them very, very limited API access. So you can send automated connection requests, you can send uh, bulk messages, but you can only do it for one profile at a time. Whereas a product like ours and the competitors, you can do it with hundreds at a time. So to me, it's ironic that they say, and their terms basically say you can't do these, yet they're opening their APIs to other parties that in, are in sales automation and allow automation in that way. So I'm not the judge or the jury. I'm not going to say one way or another, is it justified? But I just think that they have genuine reasons for not liking it because with everything that's automated, there's cause for abuse. If you do things wrong, you know, it doesn't work out very well. But at the same time, you can't say you can't do it and then allow it with another tool. It just doesn't make sense. It's actually interesting what you touch upon about the abuse of these automation tools. And I think that's the main concern for majority of the usually the, the LinkedIn experts out there that, you know, people are abusing it, sending spammy messages and all that. What would you say about this? You know, how to use actually LinkedIn automation tools or, or automation tools for LinkedIn in a proper way? What would be your, your answer to that? Right. So to, to me, it's really about your use case, right? So what I do use LinkedIn for may be very different to you, maybe different to every, you know, every customer out there. The way I look at LinkedIn automation is that you're trying to save time. You know, that's something that's very valuable. You want to be productive. So to do tedious manual tasks, it's actually counterintuitive to your business. So using automation and, you know, to me, LinkedIn automation is absolutely no different than email automation. If you have a list of people that have come to your website and sign up to a newsletter, and then you periodically are sending them information, uh, you know, that's automated. So what's the difference? And the real difference and why people frown upon it as a receiver of messages that are automated, which they say that they know that it's automated, but you wouldn't really know because there's no reference of automation apart from the way you actually write your messaging. The way I see it is that, you know, if you think about an email newsletter, you're actually sending out value every day, right? You're not pitching them every day. You're sending them value. And a lot of people have not transitioned that thinking onto LinkedIn. What they do is they connect with you. Yes, you're the right potential client. And message one, boom, I'm selling you something. LinkedIn is a virtual business network. When you go to a, a networking event, you don't go and shake hands and say, hi, my name is Martin. Uh, I've got this to sell. Are you ready? <laughs> like it doesn't work like that. So you've got to put your mindset of, if you wouldn't do it in a networking event, don't do it on LinkedIn. Do the same things that you would do. Hey, my name is Martin. Here's my business card. Then maybe well, let's catch up for coffee. Let me, you know, learn more about what you do. Like build genuine relationships. But, you know, to be honest, a lot of people are impatient. You know, they're invested in trying to get sales for the business. Some people may be in sales only, you know, they might not be the CEO of the company, it could be the sales department. So they have quotas to fill and whatnot. So they are rushing to get anything out of it, uh, out of LinkedIn. So if you compare it with email, they're not using the same methodology. If you compare it to networking events, they're not using the same methodology. And that's why people fail on LinkedIn because they're connecting and pitching, connecting and pitching. They're not sharing any value. They're not sharing any expertise. They're not presenting themselves as experts. They're not doing anything that you would do in the real world. So hence, you're going to have a low conversion rate. You're not going to be getting replies. And if you're going to get replies, the majority of them are going to be negative. So that's kind of how I see LinkedIn. Now, how do you do it right? 
yes, you connect to the right people, but you don't go pitch. You go share some knowledge, share some value, try to build a meaningful relationship outside of LinkedIn. For example, let's catch up for coffee or when, you know, are you free for a call just to learn more about you? You know, just, just stuff that doesn't relate to actually or smell like selling <laughs> because if it smells like selling, people are just going to, hey, and don't worry. But if you also look at it from a cultural point of view, in the US, which is the largest you know, market on LinkedIn, it's very different to all other areas of the world. In the US, they are accustomed to be pitched. In Europe, nowhere at all. But for example, connect with someone in Singapore and in their reply to you, they'll give you their phone number. So it's like culturally, you also got to understand who you're dealing with. In Australia, for example, you connect with someone. The first thing they ask you is why the hell are you connecting with me? I don't know you from a bar of soap. Don't try to sell me. And they're very upfront about it. So to me, it's all about building meaningful relationships and sharing knowledge. People treat it as an outbound strategy, but it should be an inbound strategy. It's quality connections, providing value and let them come to you when they're ready. Okay. Uh, do you have any best practices uh, which you personally use or you use over the years with the automation tools? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people love these viewing profiles, <laughs> automation, where it, to me, we, I always call this stalking, uh, link stalking. You know, to me, there is some value in doing that because it shows up as a notification. People might, you know, look at you and then they might in turn send you a connection request because they look at your profile. But best practices are simple. Number one, your profile has to be optimized. You have to have a LinkedIn profile that is treated in the same level of investment and time as you do with your website or any other landing page. When they see your face, there needs to be a well-presented photo. It needs to be a professional photo. It needs to be a background that supports what you do. You have to have a headline that speaks to what you do. Your about us section needs to kind of tell your story and your history should support that. I mean, we've done analysis and I can tell you that the difference between connection acceptances with someone that's not optimized and one that is, is night and day. You're talking more than double the connection request success. So that is a basic thing to do, but a lot of people won't invest the time in doing that. The second thing is really knowing your market, understanding that you have to target the right people. You know, Sales Navigator is a great tool. I know it's a little bit expensive, but you know, it's, it's well worth your time investing in it because the granularity of your searches is amazing. So you can use that to really target the right people, build quality. You know, Sales Navigator gives you some great tools of people that have been active in the last 30 days or posted something or whatever. So the, your search is, or your targeting, I should say, it's the second pillar of your successful LinkedIn activity. And third is your messaging, is how do you connect with them? What language is the right language to speak to that particular person? Don't just use a generic connection message and, and whatever, just, just speak their language, speak their tone. You know, obviously different industries have different nuances and, and don't pitch. Like, you know, by far, if there's only one thing that I can share with people, if you pitch, you fail. That's the way LinkedIn works. I always think of it. If I go to a networking event, I'm going to meet maybe 10 people out of a hundred. I'm going to build good relationships with three or four, but their quality, because I went to a specific networking event that was for specifically the type of people that I want to engage with. I can't meet everybody, but the ones that I do meet, I probably will do business with. That's kind of how I think of, of LinkedIn. 
If you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. One of the biggest threats which uh, usually uh, the LinkedIn experts or LinkedIn coaches, uh, they're sharing with their, um, their clientele is by using LinkedIn automation tools, you might get into LinkedIn jail. What would you say about that? Yeah, there's a lot of myths about that. I'll be totally honest. With Leonard, it was a Chrome extension. Um, it was very successful in its own right. We had had some users um, say, let's define what LinkedIn jail is first. I think that's probably the most important part. There are warnings, there are restrictions, and there are basically bans. And it works in that order. You do not go and get banned from day one. You will go through a warning process, you will then get restricted, and then you will actually get banned. And there are ways to get unbanned. So I just wanted to kind of put some context of what LinkedIn jail is, because a lot of people think, you know, I'm going to get banned tomorrow. It's not going to work like that. So what normally happens is the first thing that LinkedIn sees is that you're maybe a LinkedIn basic user that all of a sudden is sending 100 connection requests per day. That's unusual activity. It's almost impossible to do, you know, that without actually some automation. You can't do it manually. It probably takes you the best part of three, four hours to do now, the example of going from zero to 100 is, is an easy one, but there are other things. You know, you, you could be, um, you, you're just more active. You're just doing more searches. You're doing all sorts of things you weren't doing before. So that's when LinkedIn flags your account. Something unusual is happening with him. Let's see how he goes. They may or may not say anything to you, but they, they've got you uh, in their radar. Then come the restrictions. If you're, for example, a LinkedIn basic user, they will restrict the number of searches you can do per month. So you'll see, hey, you've got to upgrade to premium. Now, first of all, if you're highly using the product, they want you to pay for it. So they restrict the access, and that's one level of restriction. Another level of restriction is that you're sending too many connection requests that are getting rejected. Because as you very well know, people can say, I don't know this person or block this person. So you've, if you get an unusually high level of those, you're going to get some kind of restriction. And the next level after that is more about if you want to send more connection requests, you actually have to know their email. So you know them outside of LinkedIn and now they've given you the email to access. So again, it's another layer of restriction. You know, one of the things that we always recommend is that to keep your unanswered connection requests low, sub 500. But if you have too many, and as a matter of fact, if you hit 3000, they will automatically restrict you and you have to actually include emails when you're sending connection requests. So those are little nuances that people don't know. And then ultimately, uh, the reasons why LinkedIn bans and accounts are far beyond just the use of automation, because in our case, they can't detect that they're using automation. It's just based on the activity. So you're getting too many people blocking you from sending connection requests. The people ignoring you. You're sending too many messages. You're getting flagged by different users saying that your stuff is inappropriate. You're posting you know, stuff or you're using a fake account, which happens all the time. You know, there's so many things that LinkedIn will ban you for that have nothing to do with automation 
but they blame automation because that's what they were using at the time. So the short answer is you're not going to get banned by LinkedIn for using automation if you're using a tool like ours that can't be detected. We were detected using a Chrome extension. We were actually detected twice over a two-year span. And that's why we switched technologies because we don't want our users to have these warnings that, that are just unpleasant. They're threatening you to you know, block your account or will delete it or whatever, which they never do. You accept their terms, you move on and so on. But LinkedIn jail is, it has happened, but people do not really tell you the real reason why it's happened they'll tell you it was automation because, you know, it's the easy, you know, fallback. Uh, but I can tell you that very few people would ever get banned using LinkedIn, using automation with any tool, to be honest, even including Chrome extensions, for sure. To touch upon interesting things, and that is Chrome extension and cloud-based solution. What are the differences and what is the technology behind this? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Right. So I, I'm, I'm the entrepreneur behind the company. I'm not the programmer, so I won't speak with, you know, like technical knowledge because I think it will be boring for your audience as well. I know a little bit, but it's, it's not worth it. So, so there are three types of uh, products you can get in the market, which is uh, one is a Chrome extension, one is a cloud-based platform, and one is what we do, which is a desktop application, which you install on your computer. Chrome extensions, from a technical point of view, are easier by LinkedIn to detect. Now we have been detected, our competitors have been detected. And the reason why is because it's physically installed on the browser that you're using LinkedIn on. And LinkedIn can add pixels, can add JavaScript and other things to know what's actually installed. There is an, a side of them that they know this is unusual activity. The algorithms pick that up and they know you're doing something. <laughs> they just don't know what. Uh, and the other side is that they can figure out what's installed on your, on your browser and then uh, detect you in that way. What they normally do, and this is something that people are not aware of, is that if they figure out that you're using automation of any kind, any of these Chrome extensions, what they'll do is they'll flag your account, but they will not tell you. They will not do anything. They will not restrict you. They won't do anything. All of a sudden, when they get a, a significant mass of people using it, then they tap a warning and say, hey, your account is temporarily restricted. We know that you're using this extension. Please accept the terms, otherwise your account will be blocked. It's a way of warning you, but it's not a blockage. It's not a termination of your account or anything like that. It's just saying, we know what you're doing, stop doing it. So, so that's what happens with Chrome extensions. With cloud platforms, it's very different. The way they, they work is that they have virtual servers and IP addresses specifically for you. You can choose a region and whatnot. Uh, and they assign that. And then all of the automation is run through their servers, accessing LinkedIn, um, you know, on the cloud. It's great. I mean, I feel like it's, it's the future, but it has some downsides as well. The downside is really that for every IP address, it sometimes gets shared with multiple users from a cost perspective. So then you would have multiple users using the same IP address from different locations. Now, LinkedIn doesn't know that it's from different locations, but it knows that it's a single IP and there's probably a hundred people using it. Mm -hmm. So that's one downside. There is also a downside of protecting captures. So LinkedIn you know, uses captures as a, as a way to validate you know, and to verify you. Cloud platforms struggle with that now they go, they, they have a process, but they get an unusually high level of captures. And if you do have an unusually high level of captures, that's another flag for LinkedIn, which they, they can give you a restrictions on. 
in our case, and I'm not trying to put anybody aside, you know, down or anything. In our case, we use a desktop app. It's installed on your computer. It runs when your computer is on, it runs on your time zone. So LinkedIn doesn't recognize that you're using automation because it's installed in the very computer that you're using LinkedIn on. So for us, we feel like that is the safest way to use LinkedIn. We've used all the other tools. We've built all the other tools. We know how they work and operate, but we feel like we provide the safest option because it is residing in the very computer you're accessing LinkedIn on. But that gives you kind of a, the pluses or minuses of all of the different tools. One of the things that we loved about having a Chrome extension was that you can actually physically see what's going on. <laughs> you can see the connection requests going and stuff like that. And people can, you know, they can just sit there and watch and let it run or they can just leave it in the background. But it is, it is almost like going to a shop and touching a shirt that you're looking to buy instead of doing it online. Whereas cloud platforms and ours, you don't see what the, what's happening in the background, but it's happening because you see the reactions on your LinkedIn account. So I hope I have answered your question in, yep. you know, correctly. Martin, I wanted to ask you another question connected with the automation tools, and that is, would you need a paid LinkedIn account or can you actually have a free LinkedIn account and use automation tools as well? Right. So the automation market currently I would say is divided not only in just three different technologies, which is Chrome extensions, cloud and desktop, but it's also segmented in the type of user that they appeal to. Cloud platforms are very expensive to run because you've got to basically all of the work that your user does has to run on their servers. So if you have hundreds upon hundreds of users, if not thousands, you're actually pumping a lot of you know, activity through your service, which costs you a lot of money. Chrome extensions on the other side is right on your browser, nothing happens, and in our case, it's very similar. So what I think is that you've got these three buckets, and to answer your question regarding whether you need a premium account or a sales navigator or not, it really depends on the level of activity you're going to do. So for example, we are the pretty much the only tool that I'm aware of in the market that can service every customer type, being LinkedIn basic, premium, sales navigator, and so on. But that gives you the level of complexity and capabilities within one tool. A lot of people, for example, the Chrome extensions, they serve because they're lower priced. They serve that LinkedIn basic or premium user, whereas all the cloud-based platforms really only want sales navigator customers because, you know, the level of, of activity and they charge more for it. You know, they start upwards of $100 a month. Uh, in our case, we, we see the, the gap in the middle and we are servicing all types of users, but we use smart daily limits to limit how much activity you use. So in our case, you can use our product with LinkedIn Basic, no problems at all. You can use all the features, no problems at all, but the amount of activity is going to be restricted to protect you. And when we've got you know, over 40,000 registered users, we know what, what's worked, what hasn't, what people have been flagged or not or why. So we have learned a lot as to what are the safe limits within each level of membership to make sure that you're not getting flagged. So I hope that answers your, your question. Yes. Basically, um, when you're talking about LinkedIn automations, you're talking about that people should really copy what they would do in a normal daily routines uh, while working on a LinkedIn manually. Many critics of a LinkedIn automation would say that, uh, you know, automation taking away that person relationship between, between people, because uh, as you mentioned, LinkedIn is really a platform where you build a meaningful business relationship with, with other people. What would you say about that? How would you answer those critics? Well, look, we live in an online world. We live in a digital world. It's 
the, the personal relationship is already taken away from you because you're engaging with someone you don't know on a virtual network, right? So, so for me, um, if, you're, if you're going to say that, then I want to see you in every networking event every day. <laughs> um, people are not going to do that. So to me, it's ironic that that's an argument because we live in a digital world. It is a business network and you may be in different countries, but have something in common both commercially or otherwise, that you want to connect with people. So to me, I don't buy that argument. The problem is not the network. It's not LinkedIn. The problem is not automation. The problem is how you use automation on LinkedIn. And to me, as I said, if you wouldn't do it in the real world, going to a networking event, and you're not going to shake 100 hands, you're not going to give 100 business cards out, you're not going to ask everybody to buy your product from day one. Don't do that on LinkedIn. It's just simple. But as I said, people are impatient. They have quotas. They have goals and objectives. And they, they look at LinkedIn the wrong way. To me, quality over quantity is what LinkedIn is about. You know, you, you don't need to connect with hundreds of people or thousands for that matter. You need to connect with 20, 30, 50. And out of those, you could have millions of dollars in, 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 in revenues. But you're focusing on volume because people are used to email automation where they just put a thousand or 10,000 emails and then just blast everybody. The same is not what you use LinkedIn for. So automation is there to save you time, but save you time are the things you would do manually. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to scale just because you can doesn't mean you should. But again, that's up to the individual. You know, I, I'm not the judge here. <laughs> I just make the tool and people use it as they want, but that's where I see people not being successful and other people that are against automation. I agree with them because I don't want to be bombarded every day with pitches. Like I don't have time to read everything. You know what I mean? So, you know, to me, it's just, if you wouldn't do it in the real world, don't do it on LinkedIn. Awesome. Martin, you were talking a little bit about, about the other automation tools as well. Can you tell me why should people, you know, use your product? What is different? What is your USP compared to, you know, as you mentioned, Linked Helper or, or, or DuckSoup or other, other automation tools? Look, to me, again, it's, it's all about a use case. What is it that you're needing to do? We are, I mean, I don't, I don't want to pat my own back, but we are, I think, leading a lot of the development of what's possible with automation on LinkedIn. So, for example, last week or the week before, uh, we launched uh, LinkedIn uh, group engagement. So, you know, let's say you're a part of a LinkedIn group and you want to connect with people there. You have something in common. That's a great innovation that we've launched. Uh, we've also launched a LinkedIn post engagement. So let's say you're following someone who's an, uh, an influencer and they write articles and there's thousands of people, you know, engaging with that. You can actually connect and engage with those people as well. So to me, you know, we feel like we are leading the market in, in innovation, but stuff gets copied, right? So why would they use our product over someone else to answer your question? Number one, We've been in the game for a long time, uh, not as long as DuckSoup and, and LinkedIn. They've been the, the, the pioneers, but we were, we were uh, you know, we're the third largest in number of registered users. Uh, we, um, we command our space. So, you know, history and knowledge of the market is, is one of the things that they should trust us on. We have transition technology. It used to be a common extension where there's a reason why we did that. And that's because we know the perils of having a Chrome extension over what we're doing. We could have moved to cloud and we didn't. We decided to stick to this. We've tried it all and we feel that this is the safest and the most efficient way to run automation on LinkedIn. 
Uh, number three, our customer service is available 24-7. So we're very proud of that, that people can, you know, get a reply within five minutes of, of them contacting us. And that's whether you're a paid customer or not, it doesn't matter. Number four is that we are transitioning our business to be more than just LinkedIn automation. You know, there's a category now called social selling, right? A lot of people have different definitions of what that is. So we don't want to kind of pitch what social selling is. But it's the ability to engage with a prospect in multiple layers, in multiple touches, in multiple forms, and not just LinkedIn. So we, we took the first step towards moving there when we launched email automation uh, a couple of months ago. So we have LinkedIn automation and we have email automation. You can have both within a sequence. So you can start a relationship on LinkedIn and carry it over to, to email and, and, and then have a meaningful relationship in that way. We're... As of Friday this week, we're launching Twitter automation. So that adds a whole new layer uh, where you'll be able to use Alfred all for just, you know, Twitter engagement, following people, sending them DMs, waiting for the replies, following up and so on. You can do that with email and you can do that with LinkedIn. Uh, we're looking to, in the next three months, we'll be releasing our LinkedIn and social media posting uh, scheduling tools. So what we're trying to become is this, social selling pioneer that owns this particular market. There's a lot of players in the LinkedIn automation market, and there's a lot of players in the sales automation market, really big companies. We want to be somewhere in between where we're bridging the gap between the two because the average person, to be honest, can't do it all, doesn't want to do it all. They just want a simple tool that's efficient, and, and that's kind of the product that we're trying to build. We're also quite affordable uh, for the level of capabilities, uh, and partly it's because we're not a cloud platform. Because if we were a cloud platform and to offer all of this, we would be probably twice the price because it's just that more expensive to run all this automation on the cloud. And I'm a nice guy, so why not buy my product over someone else? <laughs> Yeah, Martin, I know that you, you can't look into crystal ball and predict the future, but what would you say about, about all these tools which are out there and LinkedIn in the future? Would, would, you, would you think that LinkedIn will, will back off and, uh, and actually in some way incorporate these things into, into their offerings? Because uh, as you mentioned, you know, we are you know, saving our times uh, in many ways and, and you know, if more and more people will be basically doing that and probably LinkedIn needs to look into their APIs and sharing the APIs with, uh, with others, right? Well, they've already started doing that. So they have what's called this, uh, the Sales Navigator Partnership Program. You can enroll to it, they approve you. The level of API access is probably 5% of what we offer, you know, so it's really highly restricted and you actually have to have Sales Navigator teams planned which is the highest plan they have. So they're forcing people to pay a lot to get very little. So that's why people go to our product and our competitors because they say, well, I don't even wanna pay for Sales Navigator. Uh, let me test this out. Let me see if your automation is for me. Like a lot of people are dabbling into this and that's why one of the benefits of our tool is that we cater for all types of users and that you know, gives them a, a good hint of what's possible. But the reality is that can LinkedIn provide automation? Absolutely. I mean, they're LinkedIn, they're a multi-billion dollar company. They can do whatever they want. Will they do it? My gut tells me that they wouldn't because it's against their ethos. They want you to build meaningful relationships. And as you very well know, anybody that's against automation, and not just LinkedIn, just people in general, they feel like that personal relationship is lost when you're using automation. I'm not a believer of that, but you know, um, that, that's the, the, the consensus. 
So I think I think LinkedIn is going to open their API slowly but surely. They're going to give it to, in particular, sales companies like you know with sales navigator teams and whatnot. It's going to be highly restricted but still useful. But it's going to be so expensive. You're going to have to pay you know $150 plus for LinkedIn sales navigator teams plus a tool. So you're in like four or five hundred dollars just to five percent of what we can offer. So, you know, I still feel like um, we're in a niche market. I think um, more and more people are getting accustomed to automation. If more people were using automation the right way, not even LinkedIn would care. Detection is one part of the problem, which is in our case, non-existent, but in, in our competitors, it might be. But the reality is that you know, like what they're doing with automation is, is abuse of the network and they could do it manually and still abusing and that's the wrong thing to do. People just need to be educated that you need to, you know, LinkedIn is very powerful, gives you a lot of options and gives you an open window to a great many customers. But if you don't treat those customers right, if you don't approach them right, they're not going to be your customers for very long, if, if ever. Awesome. Awesome. Martin, thank you very much for your time. Before we go, I would like to ask you, is there anything else you would add to, to our discussion today? Is there anything else you would like to add to the discussion? Look, what I really feel is that for your own benefit as a LinkedIn user, use automation as a way to save time, but use it in a way that provides value to whoever you're connected with. I'm not saying that everybody can become an influencer. I know that not everybody can. I also know that not everybody is an expert in their field, but everybody can share value. And the more you use LinkedIn to share your value, what you're worth, the more you're going to get in return. The only piece of advice that I can give people is that it's quality over quantity and patience is key. If you're just hacking away and trying to get your sales quarter on LinkedIn, maybe LinkedIn is not right for you. Don't fear about detection and, and getting banned and whatnot. It's just use it for what it's there designed to be used for. The people that are successful, and we've got thousands upon thousands of people that use our product, uh, you know, over 40,000 registered users. The people that are successful with our platform are the people that are invested in LinkedIn, that are constantly looking to improve their, their own profile, how they're perceived by the market. They do invest in tools like Sales Navigator. They are constantly in touch with their network, providing value and so on. So if you can, if you have those capabilities, you'll be super successful. If you don't, you can still be successful. But Treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's pretty much the only piece of advice. Like it, automation or whether you, use, you do it manually or you, whether you use a virtual assistant, it, it's irrelevant. It's really about, you know, how does a virtual relationship work? You know, is it about pitching every day? No, it's not. It's about engaging. It's about sharing. It's about commenting on what they say and so on and so forth that, that will build uh, really good value. Ultimately, you know, there are many tools in the market. I, I, I didn't come here to, to, to pitch my product, but I think that there is a space and a place for automation like there is in any other business. So, you know, use it smartly for your own benefit. Awesome. Thank you very much for all the information you shared with us today. And um, before we wrap up today's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast, I would like to ask you, where can people find more about you? I know it's not on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> you will not find me on LinkedIn, unfortunately. Uh, my account has been banned. They don't like me at all. Uh, they threaten me legally, but you know, it is what it is. So to contact me, you obviously can go to our website. The tool name is Alfred and it's at meetalfred.com. My email, you can reach me at martin at meetalfred.com. I'm not 
in any other social networks because I was really focusing on on LinkedIn. Uh, but you can email me directly. You can contact our support, reach out to me, uh, and I'll be happy to kind of, you know, help you in any way, shape, or form beyond using automation. Just LinkedIn is so powerful. Let's make use of it. Uh, let's do business together, especially in, in a time like we are today with COVID-19. You can barely leave your house in many places. This is a way that you can still carry on doing business. Let's use it the right way. Thank you very much, Martin, for your time. It was awesome talking to you. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me. Thank you.